It's Tuesday, the 17th of March, and this is the Monocle Minute. Today... Neither Iran nor the U.S. is in any position, really, to formally escalate this sort of thing into a bigger confrontation. A spotlight on the Middle East following a series of airstrikes in Iraq. Also ahead, mayoral elections take place in Paris. I'm Daniel Bache in London. The Monocle Minute starts now. We begin the program in Iraq, where a rocket attack on an airbase near Baghdad had killed two Americans and one Briton. This happened on what would have been the birthday of Qassam Soleimani, the assassinated Iranian general. U.S. forces in Iraq carried out airstrikes in response the following day against an Iranian-backed militia it blames for the attack. Earlier, Monocle's Paul Osborne discussed that and some other stories from the region with Robert Fox, defense editor at London's Evening Standard newspaper, and Quentin Peel, former Berlin correspondent at the Financial Times. Paul began by asking Quentin about Iran, one of the countries worst affected by the coronavirus, and how it seemed hard to believe that we're seriously talking about a potential military escalation at the same time. It's the danger of precisely these sort of tit-for-tat operations, that they, they get a momentum all of their own, and nobody seems to be able to pull back from the brink. Um, and certainly that seems to be happening out there. Neither Iran nor the U.S. is in any position, really, to formally escalate this sort of thing into a bigger confrontation. It would be disastrous for Donald Trump in an, American, in an election year to, uh, to get involved in another serious uh, confrontation in the Middle East. And as for Iran, as you say, they're facing a very serious outbreak of coronavirus, um, which they don't seem to be in control of. Oh, indeed, Robert. I mean, Iran, you say, struggling with its own outbreak, the US struggling to contain its outbreak. Uh, aside from the political potential consequences of more violence in the Middle East, there is also just the realistic question of whether either country is capable of dealing with this. Well, the problem with this is that Iran is not acting on a single front here. It's really its proxies in Iraq trying to keep the toehold that they have been gaining recently. It's significant that this latest attack comes at the end of the 40 days of mourning for uh, Qasem Soleimani. And more important than Qasem uh, uh, Soleimani in this story is Abu Mahdi al-Muhandis, who was killed with him. And it's his militias that have been punching back at anything in the Iraqi military hierarchy that is cooperating with America. It is a very, very big mess indeed. And it's the Iranian, they're not proxies, they're Iranian allies uh, across the political spectrum in Iraq that is still fighting to hold its corner. It's causing a lot of distress because you can't keep corona out of this story that a lot of Iraqis are very, very worried about uh, the, the, the spread of the virus uh, from people traveling from Iran to Iraq. And the uh, border has been quite porous uh, hitherto, but now there, there is a real problem. But I agree with Quentin. I think 
there is no chance of an all-out confrontation here. It is absolutely not in Trump's interest at all. And he's in a jam all over the place. He's losing allies across the Middle East. Uh, Quentin, let me just ask you, because aside from Iran, there are other nations, aren't there, who might well look at the current situation and see an opportunity to, for want of a better term, cause mischief. There are, although everybody's got a trouble in their own backyards. I mean, one person who no doubt is watching extremely carefully is Vladimir Putin in Russia, um, where he's just uh, seems to have pulled off quite a coup uh, in uh, opening up the Russian constitution to the possibility that he could serve another 12 years in power, taking him all the way through to 2036. Um, So if he can get away with that at a moment like this, that would be quite extraordinary. Um, and I think that really the distraction of coronavirus is, is uh, likely to, to indeed open the doors to the utterly unscrupulous. And certainly Donald Trump is not paying that much attention. And now to Paris, where the first round of municipal elections have recently taken place, a key vote in determining the city's leader. Monocle's Nick Moniz has the story. Paris's incumbent socialist mayor, Anne Hidalgo, has finished first in the city's municipal elections at the weekend, ahead of conservative Rashida Dati, and is well-placed to win a runoff vote if it goes ahead in the coming weeks. But supporters of Emmanuel Macron's centrist candidate, Agnes Bujon, who placed third, shouldn't despair. Though bitter rivals in the campaign, Hidalgo and Bujan are running on platforms with strong green agendas. Hidalgo promises more trees and a 550 million euro city cleanup, while Bujan wants to employ street managers and double the amount of recycling in the city. The relative popularity of both candidates, combined with growing support for the Green Party, which Hidalgo is likely to form a coalition with, suggests that there is a hunger in Paris, like many other big cities, for sustainability and urban greenery to be placed at the heart of City Hall's policies. Here's Monocle editor Andrew Tuck with today's opinion. It came as no surprise, but yesterday Switzerland and the UK went into unprecedented lockdowns in a bid to cope with accelerating rates of coronavirus infection. In the UK, people are to be encouraged to work from home with immediate effect and avoid non-essential social contact. Those aged over 70 are to take every step to isolate themselves. The measures will probably last for months. In Switzerland, troops are to be mobilised as the country goes into semi-lockdown. Essential services will stay open and people can go outside but should not congregate en masse. Europe is closing down. Monocle, headquartered in Zurich and London, will be reshaping our output to reflect this fast-changing world and also launching a series of new products to keep people informed about what's happening. Because in the coming days, we will all need to pull together. And we want to be a place that airs the needs of our readers and listeners as never before, to share all of our joint stories and strategies for getting through the coming weeks. After years covering everything from how cities are run to how to make a business a success, we have built up an extraordinary network of wise commentators and knowledgeable editors whose views we will be bringing to you. Let's stay safe and united to get through these tough times. 
and emerge together as stronger people and communities. Now, elsewhere on today's agenda. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's luck may have finally run out. Though his own political alliance came just two seats short of a majority in the country's election earlier this month, it was his chief political rival, Benny Gantz, who managed to turn the tables on Sunday. A slim majority of 61 of 120 lawmakers chose the former army chief to lead negotiations to form a government. It's an extremely fragile coalition, ranging from Palestinian politicians to far-right ultra-nationalists. But they have one thing in common. They would all like to see the end of Netanyahu. One of the world's biggest luxury companies has started ramping up the production of hand sanitizer. LVMH says that its perfume and cosmetics factories, which normally produce fragrances for labels such as Christian Dior and Givenchy, are already producing hand disinfectant gel to help combat a shortage across the country. The gels will be free, with the first shipments to health authorities nationwide expected today. Smaller cosmetics businesses are also doing their part, including Zurich-based Surder, which was already in the process of creating a natural aloe hand sanitizer to add to its range of Swiss-made hand soaps. And if not for a cancellation because of obvious reasons, Tokyo's biannual Fashion Week would have been held this week. So to compensate, organizers will be streaming closed-door shows for some labels on the Fashion Week website until Saturday. One of the best shows of any Fashion Week in Tokyo is by Hike, and the brand is taking matters into its own hands and showing its autumn winter runway show live on its website today at 2000 local time in Japan. And remember, you can read more about today's stories by subscribing to our Daily Digest on our website. I'm Daniel Bage. The Monocle Minute returns on Wednesday.